and welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Today's guest is a good friend of mine. He's also a great comedy writer. His name is Ryan Sudakaran. Wait, that sounds familiar. That's right. It's Ryan Sudakaran from uh, the JMS Podcast segment, Weird New World. Uh, it's kind of backwards, I guess. Usually, um, just like Jacob Wheels, he was a guest on here a couple times before he had his own segment. But uh, Ryan, uh, we jumped right into it. But this is a good opportunity to get to know him a bit more and the way he thinks. Uh, a lot of phallic talking. That's for sure. You got that. You got that to look forward to. And overall, I think we had a very interesting conversation. All right, but before we get there, please, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, I'm always encouraging people to check out the website, jmspodcast.com. And uh, yeah, there's plenty of content, different stuff. Hope you dig it. Send me a review here and there. I need feedback uh, so far. Everything is pretty okay. Uh, I'm making some changes in my life, uh, which only made things a lot busier now. One of the reasons why this this episode is actually coming out pretty late, so I do apologize. I'm sure there's thousands of people clamoring for like, where's this episode? It's not up yet. Duh, duh, duh. I'm working on it, people. I'm working on it. Calm down. But uh, I've been planning some big ambitious projects for this podcast uh, we're reaching the 100th episode after the 100th episode that signifies the end of our second season we're going to be taking a little break and uh, we'll be back uh, bigger better and ready to rumble so yeah all right and um, yeah let's go on with our with our talk with ryan sudokran What's uh, Conversations with Moctezuma about? Conversations about Moctezuma. That that book, I think that's my dad's book. Yeah. Uh, I think it ha- has to do with uh, just talking about the Aztecs and that kind of uh, culture they were about. Because, uh, you know, especially our generation, like we're, giving a, we're given a very sugar-coated history. Mm. And we don't really think about, uh, like, we don't really dwell into what other cultures are, are, were about. We're like, oh, well, Aztecs were between so-and-so and so-and-so dates. Her- Hernan Cortez came and destroyed yeah. them at so-and-so dates. It's very west These were the leaders, and these were these were the key players. But with, you know, books like that, it's like, you know, oh, you know, uh, uh, there were a big thing about cleanliness. Like, you, like uh, these, these Aztec civilizations um, were all about, you know, being clean. Uh, perfumes. Um, what about... And the, the beheadings, the beheadings, uh, the rituals, the the cannibalism, which was a big um, controversy in Mexico. You know the whole idea that that uh, Aztecs were somewhat uh, cannibalistic, and they were. I mean, not like on the norm, but more like on a ritualistic level. Right. They were clean cannibals. Uh, they, they were. They were. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Civilized. Cannibals. Civilized. <laughs> where, where it's like they, they only did it in in special holidays. You know, it's right. it's it's a lot like uh, it's a lot, a lot like Christmas. Like you reserve certain Christmas music for Christmas or right. ter- for Thanksgiving. It's like Thanksgiving, right? You reserve a dude's balls for the the days when, when it's appropriate. Do, when, yeah, 
Right. You know, it's like it's like turkey and Thanksgiving. You usually don't eat turkey like that. You know, the whole year you usually yeah. eat it at that one time of the year. So the Aztecs were like, they were like, oh, we'll, we'll eat Jeff when that time comes around that season. It's that time again. Yeah. Break out Jeff. They eat like one leg. Every, every season, Jeff's down to a nub. He's like, guys, just kill me. Nah, Jeff. You're, you're, well, del- it's a you're community, delicious. It's, it's a community thing, so it's more like piranhas, really. Um, but mm. but the thing is that there were uh, the Aztecs were also great uh, culinary people. Mm. Like, a lot into food and, and the artistic side of food. Um, and it makes you notice, like, when did people start giving a shit about the presentation of food? It's one thing to cook food and... and, and but like, at one point where you're like, oh, to create taste and to make it look a certain way. Um, do you ever think about that stuff? Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, it's probably just another way for uh, people to one-up each other somewhat in society, right? Like competition. I think humans are very, very prone to competition, right? Competitive animals. Right, like... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was like something to do with mating. Like maybe you would bring a dish to your mate and then they'd be like, this looks like shit. This looks like complete shit. What the I, fuck are you doing? It looks like shit. I can't take an Instagram photo with this shit. <laughs> yeah. We're not compatible. <laughs> like in ancient times, some woman wearing rags. This looks like shit. You're shit. I don't have Instagram yet, but I want it. I can't even take a picture. I don't know what a camera is. What's a camera? It looks like shit. <laughs> like, uh... I'm pretty sure our generation, there's a lot of us that don't know how to cook like our previous uh, generations. Oh, I definitely don't. Because uh, uh, we're more used to buying our food now. Fast food, drive through um instant noodles we grew up on that shit and it's like uh, it, it, and I, we talked about this in the last segment of the future of meat where yeah. the future is just going to be a bunch of slushies protein yeah. slushies and stuff like that why not but it, there's something disheartening about that I feel I don't know no yeah yeah we did go over this uh, I mean okay so I think we'll just shift our values to different different aspects of that right like you're gonna find oh what's the best slushy like what gives you the like if you if, if we get to the point where it's you, like Jamba Juice now yeah you you could add boost you could add vitamins you could add right you could add all that what's the last time you had Jamba Juice huh you, you, what's the last time you had Jamba Juice you, you're you're looking at me like like no I know perplexed. I've had the boost dude I had the yeah. green tea matcha yeah. thing I'm really I'm really into green tea matcha stuff like even if it's full of sugar yeah like deplete <laughs> there's no point of getting the green tea I just get it Jamba Juice made me feel like shit one time. Yeah, emotionally, emotionally. Because I went in there, I'm like, "Give me the healthiest thing you got." Like, I need the healthiest shit you got. And they had a drink that was like had some feminine, uh, woman, uh, gender-based title to it. Gender-based. Yeah, it was like, "Oh, this is great." You know, this is for women because it has so and so hormones or whatever the fuck. And they gave it to me, and I'm like, "That tastes so good." Like, I really was into it. I'm like, "What does it say about me?" Like, now that I like this drink, that. That's ma- mostly made for women. Like, what, give, what does that make me now? They give you the Midol mixer. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a little bit of strawberry, a little bit of raspberry, and it helps with those headaches. With pains. A bit of Xanax in there. A little oh, bit of Zanny. Yeah. 
But anyway, Ryan, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, I'm happy you're here as a normal guest. I'm happy to be here. This is long overdue. Um, instead, I, I kind of threw you into the fire uh, with, the, with the new segment, The uh, Weird New World. Yeah, that's uh, fun. He, like, you know, for Jacob Wheels, he, he, he was a guest here twice before he had his own segment. Uh, so people got to know him a bit, what he was about. And, and, and yours, I was like, oh, who's this guy? Hana, you don't want to open these yeah. doors of hell in my mind. It's not it's not a pleasant place. <laughs> no, but I can't get responses. That. So far, like people are saying it's very informative, it's funny, it's... Uh, it's cool. And they're digging it, man, for the I'm most happy. part. Disclaimer, I'm not an expert. I just think about these things sometimes. Well, I, I'm not. It's, 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 <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, man. Because, for yeah. example, uh, Jacob Wheels, I'm, I'm, we're promoting him and branding him as the best film critic of San Jose, <laughs> uh, we both know Jacob Wiosi. He, uh, yeah, uh, he obviously is not like if there's a standard of film criticism, he does not really meet it, uh, and he knows it. And it's just about having fun with it, you know. Because All right. I mean, who, who's really going to come out and be like, "You're not the best film critic in San Jose. I'm the best film. Oh, you're not the you're not an expert in science." It's like, what, what it's does that mean these days? You know what I'm saying? An expert of what? Of who? Who gives a shit? You're right. You're right. It's just that I know, uh, I'm in, I did physics, right? And I, I, uh, everyone around me, like all my professors and stuff, those guys are the real experts. So to like even be, even the same word being used towards me, I'm like, dude, those guys will shit on me any day with their, <laughs> their knowledge. How, how many times in class I've had shit wrong and just been like blasted? Mm. That's but, where, that's where we met. We met in, uh, in San Jose State University. That is where we met. Um, at the uh, comedy club room that's being run by Rob Roy. Yeah. Well, it's actually now it's past the... You know Kevin Liu? No. Oh, he's one of the uh, comedy clubs. So it's past... Because Rob graduated. Oh, that's right. That's right. Rob mentioned that to Or he is graduating. He's 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 on the way out or he's out. I forget. Were we the first generation of yeah, that club? That's when Rob started it. Okay. Uh, which saved my life. That club saved my fucking life. Did it? Yeah. I, I just transferred over to San Jose State. I moved back with my parents because like, I couldn't afford the university tuition. Uh, I had a hard time fitting in uh, because when I transferred from community college, you know, there's a kind of a, it's not the big big age gap, but there is an age gap. Mm. Um, uh, and um, I was like, I had to prove something, especially in film. So I, I would like, you know, annoy my film teachers and, in the process, I think I would have known my, my film colleagues. You, you were know? very proactive. I, um, I remember that about you. Proactive because it's like I felt like it was a way to survive. It's like, all right, if people see, if people take me seriously, that I take my shit seriously, then then maybe I'll make friends. But no, I was having a hard time with it. And then, don't get me wrong, though. Like I, Now I have some good friends over time. But when I first started, it's like I had a really hard time fitting in. This is like before for Scotty. This is before everything. Uh, and it's like... Uh, and then one day, it was my screenwriting class. And uh, <laughs> the same screenwriter teacher who told me that I write better than he thought I would, uh, by the way. Uh, That's like a really passive aggressive. <laughs> you write better than I thought. Yeah. And um, anyway, the class ended and I just sat there moping. I'm like, oh, man. Um, and then you guys came in through the door and you guys were happy. And you guys were like, oh. I wasn't happy. Uh, well, you guys pretended like you guys were happy coming <laughs> yeah. in. Like, you guys, knew, all, like, like, like you guys knew each other. It was you, Paul Diggins, Matt Regan, Darcy. Yeah. Uh, Puya was there. Puya. 
Uh, who is Darcy's friend with the long hair? Uh, Kelly, I want to say. I don't remember. Um, so that was like three years ago, almost four. Yeah, and Rob Roy. And you know, just act, I'm like, all right, what are you, what, like, what's going on? Like, new what class is this? Because you guys knew each other, like, like, it seemed like you guys really knew each other. Actually, we did. I I'd met Rob that same semester. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, oh, this is the stand up com- stand up club. Stand up. And I was like, I never really done stand up, but I really enjoyed it. And 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 I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, I just sit and watch. And I was like, yeah, I sat and I watch, and the rest is history. Yeah. When did it start for you? What stand up? Yeah. No, it was that too. That same thing. That club. How'd you meet Rob? Uh, I went to a meeting in FPS with my friend. Uh, from high school we were like interested in filmmaking and then rob said he was starting a stand-up club and i had always like been interested in it so rob was an fps yeah met first day i went to an fps meeting rob was there just you know being rob <laughs> like he's very noticeable and like his uh, character is like he draws you in he's a he's an interesting guy so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, i met him we were friends and then uh then he started the stand-up club that semester or i don't know if he started that semester or he had already had it but i joined it and uh, i met paul and everyone there and started going to frascati and then i did art so i think i just did in 2014 i did frascati a couple of times and art boutique and phil's like once before they before they uh they stopped it because they stopped they had a phil's mic but they stopped it because like some people were like being very non-PC, saying mm-hmm. some rude things. But yeah, so I, I did a couple of mics back in 2014. I think maybe a total of 12, really not much. And then I stopped because of school. Hmm. And now I'm back masochistically, terrible as ever. Now, did you always have an aspirations to get into comedy before that club? I just like, uh, I like Louis C.K. a lot. And I always, uh, I guess I always tried to... Was he was Louis C.K. your introduction to stand up? Mm, yeah, I think so. I don't think I watched a lot of stand up before Louis. Like, you know, I, I mean, I saw some Chappelle specials, and Dave Chappelle was really funny. But like, I think the one who really connected with me is Louis. For some reason, I'm I just like really absurd, crazy things. Mm-hmm. So like Louis with his like tangents. Crazy stories really spoke to me. That's interesting because usually when I meet you know, young Indian uh, descent uh, oh, comedians, like Russell Peters. Russell Peters is the guy they, they they always say. I liked him. I thought his stuff was funny, but I don't think I ever like thought of doing, going on stage and doing things because of Russell Peters. I think it was it was always Louis. The thing about Louis, I, I think I think why a lot of them uh, comics gravitate towards him because. People like Russell Peters, um, and and my influence when I was young, when I was a kid, was was George Lopez. Uh, was that they they set the bar so high that it seems almost unimaginable that you could do that because they're quick, they're, they're 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 witty, and they always seem like they have something magnificent to like with a punchline. Mm. A thing with Louis C.K. that it's more like uh, like you said, very tangenty and very natural. Yeah, very natural. And so you're like, oh my god! Like he he seems like just an average guy, doing great stand up, which is odd because he uh, apparently 
like writes down everything all that stuff that seems supernatural in his bit is stuff that's pre-calculated he's just so good at making it seem he's so good at the craft where it seems like it's just coming off the top of his head Mm. but they're all so well crafted apparently he's like very specific about what he writes and that's like even more impressive right I mean wow like that whole my favorite special of his is Live at the Beacon and that whole Gizanthropus bit that's amazing which bit? Uh, the one where he's talking about the the kid that that boy in his daughter's class that's an asshole right the one who just like drops his bags and like squeezed his daughter's hand yeah it's such a great bit and then at the end of the bit he's like like I'll turn myself gay and fuck his dad and turn him gay and it's it's like a whole it's a good bit I'm if you if you watch it again it, it makes me laugh every time even though I've seen it no, I know, I know what you're talking about yeah yeah that's another another great thing about Louis CK is that he goes dark and he goes like a whole new level of like what the fuck and people are fine with like he's so good at it that, that it works. Oh, he self-deprecates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Usually, the American comedy hero, it's the guy who comes on top no matter what, and is always the guy that has the final say. He's always the guy, who, you know, who who's like, um, how can I put this? Uh, just the cool guy. The thing with Lucy K, he doesn't come off as that cool guy. He will he will fuck you up in the most uncool way. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, for that example... Well, for, he's not... Yeah, he's not appearance-wise. Like for example, for, for that kid bit, he, yeah. he could have gone like, I'm going to beat the shit out of the kid and his yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. But no, he goes, I'm going to I'm gonna turn gay, fuck his dad. Yeah. yeah. It's like there's that level of self-depreciation where you just... You can't... Like, it, it's kind of this layer of protection he gives himself from the audience. It's like, if he's going to be crazy, he's going to be crazy to himself, so the audience can't fault him for doing... You know, it's like a really... It's a very, very clever technique, actually. I don't know if he thinks of it like that, but it, at least that's the way I see it. It's a very clever hmm. way of approaching those situations. So, like, say, you know, like, uh, do, do something to yourself. But, yeah, no, that's cool. I don't know. It's, uh... I like his stuff. Did you, did you see his new special yet? I did, I did. Uh, that night we talked at yeah. IHOP. Uh, I went and uh, I went to work late in the morning because I saw saw in the morning. I was like, "Fuck it, this is great. I'm just gonna be late." Oh, so good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, man, it was good. I, I dig it. I uh, I like I like Live at the Beacon. Still was my favorite of his, but I think this one was way more uh, contemplative, and it was it was slower, and it was uh, like longer bits. It was more drawn out. It's very similar. I think Louis and Bill Burr both did very. Like, slower specials this time around. Like, Billboard was way more storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think Louis was kind of the same, but he was like, it was like broader concepts. Well, I think it's because they're now established uh, personalities. Yeah. They don't they don't have to try too hard. Like, not, I want to try too hard, but they don't need to be on, like, on fifth gear all the time anymore. Right. Uh, they could slow it down a bit. Right, because people already like them. People already, you know. Because, you know, when you're starting out in the open mic scene, you got to give it all you got. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I, I won't say open mic, but definitely if you get into showcases, you get into, like, uh, uh, club shows. At least I, I, I tight everything down and be like, all right, this here, this, that, here, boom. And in open mics, you know, you, I loosen up a bit, you know, because I'm working out jokes. Um, but, man, I couldn't imagine when you're at that level where no matter what, you're a draw. And people are willing to listen to you because they like you and your personality. They listen to your podcast. 
uh, I could totally imagine myself just, you know, slowing it down and being like, oh. so this happened to me uh, this morning and so-and-so, some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, no, I see. There's no need to, like, prove yourself in the eyes of people. Right. Like, I have a, you have an audience already. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I've just been staring at that penal code book of yours. Like, why do you have a 2011 penal code? It's just... Dude, everybody should have a penal code book in their house. You're probably right. You never know when you're going to use it. You're probably right. Never going to use it. No, no, I was... When did I get that? I was working at, uh, for the law enforcement uh, unit at the Anza College. Oh. I was working for them, and they upgraded their books, and I, they're, they're going to throw these away. I'm like, no, I'll take them. Do you read it? Um, sometimes when I need to, like, it was like, oh, what's a misdemeanor charge for possession of whatever the fuck and what about for public masturbation do you know the charges that would be a 314 indecent exposure um is this real are you making this up no this is real 314 314 is the code for it well, let's pull it out oh shit I need to know that just in case things go really south sometime <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of it guys I'm doing it See, no, that'll never happen. I don't think so. Yep, this is the California Penal Code 2011 version. Oh man! But usually, the for the most part, the laws stay the, the same. I can imagine it's huge. It's yeah. A huge book. Dude, I want. Let's oh, see. Let's see. 288 sexual assault. Dude, I'm giving my listeners like a free yeah. uh, riveting, d- riveting law classroom uh, thing on. Uh, public masturbation guys if you're ever planning on publicly masturbating here's what you should avoid it's not about it tells you more about like uh, what, what kind of punishment to look forward to <laughs> to look forward to <laughs> it gets better let's see uh, I'm brimming with suspense but there's some interesting stuff here like uh, like 316 is a, a crime Keeping disorderly houses would disturb immediate neighborhood innkeepers and landlords. What? <laughs> Every person who keeps uh, any disorderly house or any house for the purpose of uh, uh, prostitution or any of that sort, public resort. Uh, yeah, like stuff like that. Like, I didn't know that. It's like, oh my God, like you, you you could be charged for having a disorderly house. What is disorderly? Like what, like your lawn is bad? <laughs> like you didn't mow? Your lawn? That's a disorderly house? I mean... Let's see, let's see. That house was disorderly, sir. I'm gonna have to take you in. You mow that fucking lawn. <laughs> Here we go. 314. Lewd or obscene conduct. Indecent exposure. Obscene exhibitions. Punishment. Expo- <laughs> uh, exposes his person or the private part thereof of any public space or any place where there are present other persons to be offended or annoyed thereby or... Okay. Does it say... When a man takes out his hearty cock in front of several <laughs> passers-by, it doesn't use that language. It uses... Well, I don't know. Like Now you're just like judging a case-by-case case about like how, how the cock looks like. <laughs> Is it a different punishment for the... T- Should there be, do you think? Should there... I, well, you know what? It would... If, if you get punished... Based on how terrible your cock looks, maybe it's an incentive to make your cock look less terrible. So maybe you're making the world a better place one cock at a time. But that's objective. Like, how how does a, a good-looking cock even look like? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, based on my encyclopedic knowledge of cocks, uh, I would say that should be the next segment for uh, Weird New World is the future of cocks. Future of cocks. I think we kind of went over that. I like steel. Like I think actually, I'm pretty sure. On a tangent, I mean, our previous conversation wasn't that engaging. On a tangent, uh, I'm pretty sure people will get like stainless steel cocks. I think that will be one of the most popular human augmentations. Stainless steel cocks or chrome color, like cocks that look like machines. Right, but it's like always erect. You push of a button. Oh, and it erects itself. It erects itself. It stays erect. You have like synthetic nerve cells. You could just pound away for all time. <laughs> why? Like because I mean, why? Like people get Viagra, right? So if you could have a robotic penis that is just constantly. Well, I'm just saying. Though, I, I assume with the flesh and the nerve endings, there's pleasure. Yeah. No, but you can make that synthetic. Hopefully, in the future, possibly, maybe. I don't know. I'm sleep deprived. I'm out of my mind. Stanley Steelcocks. I don't know, man. I mean, that's a good name. That's a brand. That's a- <laughs> SS SSC or SSK. Cox with a K. We are we here at SSK provide the cleanest and shiniest cock and balls. Dude, it's so funny. It's like um, when you run an open mic room. Those are go-to jokes that a lot of comedians go to, especially the new ones. Stainless steel Talking cocks. about dicks, uh, their sex life. Or lack of sex life, and um, well, what am I doing right now? Masturbation. I'm being like the worst comic uh, ever. That's no, not, not. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's hacky. It's just it's. It's easy. It's not my like when you've been hosting a room like I have, or like another two hosted rooms. Like it just becomes a pattern. It's like, oh, okay, he's going there. Okay. I mean, there. I think there are dick jokes that are kind of clever and funny. I think you can get to them. But it probably takes harder path. I don't know. My my jokes are terrible. Do I have any? Yeah, I have one. It's yeah. I've, I've, I, I have a new dick joke, like um, the one with the uh, with the uh, uh, middle school. <laughs> Schools and dicks they go together well. I don't. I haven't heard of that one. I don't think I've heard that one. I, I did at the caravan on Wednesday. I don't remember what it was. Where where? Never mind. Don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. All right. I'll hear it again. Thanks for paying attention to me. I'll hear it And you were in the front row. I'm stewed. I don't know. Okay. My mind races sometimes. I, I like your panda joke. I remember your panda joke. That one is very memorable to me. That one, that one. Yeah, that one's okay. That one's just okay. I don't know. Do, do you rate your jokes? Do you like... Do I, do I, yeah, I do rate them. I know that I have one that gets laughs. I hate, dude, when I talk about this, I feel like I'm, I'm some established comedian. I'm not. For anyone listening, i just a terrible open micer. Right, you, you, have the, you have a potential for it, though, man. You're, you're like, man, well, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking suck your dick now, but, like, your concepts, your, your deliveries. Why your, not, Jorge? You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're just, just, just the, the way you, you think of jokes and how to present them are hilarious. And it's different. Thank you. And those are great recipes for like, uh, definitely like, um, good stuff for you coming in comedy. Well, we'll see. And the weird thing is like you and your brother are doing comedy. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's way different than me. He's like 
Do you guys help each other out? You know, help is a weird word. Uh, we kind of just yell at each other constantly. He'll call me an asshole. I'll call him a piece of shit. But that's love. You know? It's it's just... it's weird. You can't have, like... I don't know. I, maybe this is the thing with siblings, but I feel like there's so many conversations where you can't talk for more than 30 seconds without, like, an anger and that's, frustration. That's definitely me and my sister. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you, when you care about... When you're, like, with that... When you have that kind of connection with someone, it's just like, ah, oh, you're doing this thing and yeah. Yeah, you're fucking up. Oh, my sister told me something yesterday that demolished me. It just yeah. fucking put me in a deep state of, like, fuck. Uh, she, she, I was watching Crashing, um, the HBO show, and she was sitting there and she were watching. And she goes, yeah, like, you, to me, you know, she's like, yeah, your jokes are crooked. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, your jokes are always crooked. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, what? Because you came to see me at the improv, uh-huh. like back in the day, um, and uh, yeah, she's like, yeah, like like in the beginning, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They're, they're crooked. I'm like, what do you mean they're crooked? Like, what the fuck does that mean? How's a joke crooked? And I just for the whole night, I'm like, what the fuck? Do other people think my jokes are crooked? <laughs> like, like is it is it? Um, uh, am I mumbling? Am I? I don't know, but it threw me for a spin, and like to this day, I don't know if she did it like to fuck me up or if she was honest. I don't know which one's she worse. Had some like Machiavellian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he will think about this for hours. Do you and your brother take advantage of that? No, me and my brother are very blunt with each other. Be like, you're an asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> that's that's kind of the tone right. of get, communication. It's like I said, like, do you write your own jokes and you're willing to like put your jokes, you know, on and see where where it goes and and how you write them. Oh, this is a shitty joke. This is a good joke. But when somebody else tells you that, yeah, when, we, so, when somebody else makes a judgment on your jokes, uh, it's like, no, these aren't my fucking kids. I could tell my kids when, when they're fucking assholes and ugly. You yeah. can't. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, uh, especially with me and my brother because. Uh, I think we have different ideas of what's funny, and and my brother's not a very subtle person, so I'll I'll tell him a joke and be like that that sucks that's ass right like it's terrible and then I'll be thinking the whole time like oh I really like this is kind of funny and then uh, and it'll make me feel like shit I'll just I want to crawl into a hole I'll do the same for his and then he'll feel the same way be like okay I understand what I made you go through yeah I think I think I pissed off your brother the one time he came up for Scotty. Uh, no, no, he doesn't. He, he wasn't pissed. He was well, happy that he had to. He got to go on. There no, were kids there, and his material's like disgusting. No, I, I didn't care for that so much. Uh, it's, just, it's just he did a good job, but just like for me, there's a reason why I have a flashlight because I got tired of using my cell phone light, and the comedians, um, they don't see it. Mm. They just assume it's somebody from the crowd flashing at them. Right. So I have a pretty strong flashlight. You can't, you know, miss it. Yeah. Uh, but your brother, he had this. I don't know if he was high or maybe he was just part of a stick. But he he has that. You know, his eyes are like. Um, <laughs> That's just him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well for, when he was performing, he had, he had like like he. I want to say he was high, but he was definitely like looking down. Yeah, he. That's just him. He, he was down. he was looking down. So I didn't. And usually, when comedians see my light, they kind of signal me. Well, he something. probably did not see your light at all. Or or well, that's the thing. Yeah. Was like I flashed him. Yeah. And then he just kept going. Like he just like he did not react to the to the yeah, light. So he did, he didn't see. Uh, he looks down. Like he has that issue. So so I'm like okay, uh, maybe he saw. Maybe he didn't. So I, I let him go for thirty seconds more. Oh okay. Yeah, and, I didn't... and I'm like, oh, should I flash him again? I don't want to like I like. 
I don't want to rush him off stage, but it's like, I, I in my head, I don't know if he saw the light. So I flashed him again, you know? Yeah. I was like, all right. And he still didn't react to it. He yeah. still didn't react. He just kept going. That's classic. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then, like, fi- finally, it was, like, it was pretty close to the five-minute mark. And we had a lot of comics that night. So I just, so I was like, but I don't know if he didn't react to both times I flashed at him. So I'm going to do it again. But, th- but this time, I'm going to double tap it. Uh, and did it. And he didn't react at all. So I'm like, oh fuck! Like I don't know, I don't know. This is Ryan's brother. I don't, I don't want to get Ryan mad. I don't. Know. Like, no, last funny. thing I want to do is go up there and take the, the bike and be like, oh, with like that that cane. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, I did, I did the fourth time, and then he stops midway. He goes, dude, what the fuck does the light mean? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't know. Like he just he just thought he was like what what the fuck is the light? What he doesn't the fuck? Know. he wasn't being rude. He like legitimately has never seen the light before. <laughs> I'm like oh man, it just means you got one minute, and I, I let him go up to like six and a half minutes because oh, I felt so bad. It's like oh he did see the lights. It just yeah yeah. I mean he's he he doesn't know. He's he's kind of he's new to it. So. Yeah. How do your parents feel about both of you doing stand up? Like it's weird. I don't like it's. It's weird when you say doing stand up because I just do it after work and he does it after school just for fun. So I don't. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't unless it's like really affecting uh, other things in our lives. It's not. Is it? No. I mean, I'm very. Like I'm very still. I feel that I'm still in an infant stage. I'm not anywhere. You know. I'm not nearly as like experienced as half the dudes up there who've been doing it for you know years, so I don't I don't think it's at the point. Does that mean? I think so. No, it's enough. I don't think it's at the point where uh, where it's affecting anything yet. Uh, I mean, it's causing me a little bit of stress, but other than that, it's like fine. But it's uh, it's just fun. It's it's fun. And it's just you and your brother, right? Yeah. Do you have any other siblings? No, yeah, I have a third brother. You have a third brother. He's in high school. How come we didn't mention him? Huh? What? No. What, what do you mean? So how how big is your family? Uh, okay. I have uh, two brothers and parents. And you're the oldest? The oldest, yeah. Okay. And your youngest brother is in high school? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and your parents, what do they do? Uh, they're both in software. Typical software. Indian, you know. Are, are you first generation American Indian? I mean, uh, Indian from India, American? <laughs> American Indian? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was born here. What, what region is your family from? Oh, they're from South India, like Kerala. That, that's a place in South India. You ever been? Yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, it's like, it's a very, the place that my parents were from is very tropical. It kind of looks a little bit like Hawaii if you didn't, you know, see all of the trash and scum on the floor. But uh, it's actually a really nice place. Is it kind of like Mumbai looking? No, not at all. Uh, Mumbai is very bustling, metropolitan, uh, a lot of, you know, tall buildings. Kerala in South India is like, it's like a, it's like a tropical area, it's little village type air places around. I mean, there are cities, but in general, it's like a very nice like a lot of palm palm trees it's cool it's nice it's very humid um i mean all of india is but what kind of stuff do you do when you visit oh i just like laid down all day it was so hot <laughs> tiring 
Like, is it like a big city or is it like a town? Uh, I mean, is uh, it a village? Where my parents grew up, it was a town. Okay. So I mean, they grew up in different places. My mom grew up in a place called Bangalore, which is more of a city, um, but it's it's kind of close to south. And and my dad grew up in in this place in Kerala, in a town in Kerala. Kerala's a state, and um, yeah, so Kerala is very tropical. Bangalore is kind of like a city. Bangalore now is actually very. Uh, they're they're kind of modernizing. When I was there, uh, it it seemed like a lot of there was there was like hipsterish cafes almost. So India's kind of taking Western ideas. Wait, there's Indian hipsters over there. Uh there's like cafes that like it. There was a jazz cafe we went to, and it seemed like it was kind of you know. I mean that that's cool. Like there's people who like jazz that are there. I mean like Indians are people. Right? So there's <laughs> there's people who like all sorts of music and it seems like that kind of different scene is coming up there like are the hipsters there for the actual jazz vibe or they're just there because it's a cool looking place i don't know i just remember the cafe i didn't actually see any indian hipsters like in the same tone as as hipsters here but it seems like there are because i don't think that that type of expression existed maybe 20 30 years ago i feel like that's a newer thing jazz um i mean jazz is probably there but just just the uh, cafe just like yeah, cafes or like things with character that's very you know modern looking or western looking. Really, in India, cafes are not a big thing. No, big cafes thing. are a big thing. But I'm just saying, like with that type of design, right? Like this is like a jazz cafe. Oh, like a theme to it. Like a, yeah, I should have just use theme. Yeah, well, like themes like that, like western oriented themes. I feel like those are new. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe that cafe's been there since like the freaking 1800s. I don't know, but. Uh, it seemed pretty new to me. Um, another interesting thing that I saw there that I will never forget is uh, we were driving down this, like, near the, there's a university in Bangor. We're driving near the uh, Indian Institute of Science. And you know those banners, like, that are on light poles? Like, those banners. Yeah. You can see downtown, like, for San Jose State, they have those banners. Yeah. There's just a line of banners for this product called 18 Again. And okay. a- 18 again is a, a vaginal tightening cream. Okay. So it's a very popular product there because people want to make their vaginas tight like they were 18 again. I'm not lying. This is a real thing. Okay. Um, so in India, it's not so much making your face look younger. It's all making your vagina look younger. Oh, it's both. There's there's So there's that. There's 18 again. And there's also this thing this, this thing called Fair and Lovely, which is a skin. Indians, they like fairer people. Even though everyone's brown there. But there's like different shades of brown, right? So people, people obsess over being fair. Colonialism fucks nations yeah. like that dude yeah that's exactly that's, that's common in is. south america that's common in, in, in uh, other places that were that were once colonized is because you know it's you have a white person coming over taking over um being a position of power so you people who grew up in that like associate you know uh power and and uh upper class as being lighter skin uh, it, was it a big problem in your region in India? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't see any of that problem firsthand. I just saw those banners and I thought they were funny. Because there is, <laughs> there is a, there's a fucking ad for that that's ridiculous. Like it's this, uh, it's this, it's this woman, or it, it involves. I forget how the ad goes, but it involves this scene where the grandma is holding 
the bottle of 18 again and looking at her husband like we are going to have a fun time now <laughs> fucking horrific <laughs> jesus what <laughs> like an auntie looking grandma? like an auntie grandma like it is time going to fuck my pussy like i'm 18 <laughs> where, where did that word come from auntie auntie yeah well i mean in india <laughs> in india you call you you i mean you have regular aunts and uncles right but you call any sort of uh, elder that you respect that's like a friend of your dad's or a friend of your mom's an uncle or an auntie it's like a respect term of endearment mm-hmm. right so someone uncle someone auntie because uh, I, I went to go see a play mm-hmm. in I want to say Mountain View uh, or Palo Alto and it's like uh, what's it called I just threw the thing away uh, it's about this this guy from India that gets stuck in an airport uh, and uh, they had a couple auntie jokes and the whole crowd was Indian like I totally somehow fit it in I guess nobody questioned me uh, <laughs> well you're brown enough dude. yeah I'm brown enough <laughs> and and um, a couple times in the play they had some like inside Indian jokes where they they were speaking their uh, language oh, yeah. and the only thing that could get out of his auntie here and there and people exploding with laughter so I was like oh okay yeah it's a very uh, if I ever gig around uh, India I come up with auntie, auntie. jokes <laughs> well it's actually really fucked uh, so Indians uh, consume a lot of porn like they're one of the top consumers of porn India interesting is it just because there's there's a huge population okay that I think that probably yeah that and they're a highly sexually repressive country right so I feel like the more sexually repressive your culture is the more deviant people actually become uh huh right so there's a lot of like weird Indian amateur porn that you'll end up like just finding through like on the internet there I mean I don't ever seek it out but it seeks me out somehow it finds, comes knocking your door it, I don't know Google's like no uh, you're like fuck it you're already here <laughs> but if you look up like most search tor- like uh, I think I think it's Pornhub that releases statistics right they're, they're, they're cool they have like a statistics team and they'll release the statistics of uh, porn usage and one of like the top terms is auntie <laughs> dirty auntie dirty auntie schoolboy coming home dirty auntie yeah, yeah. yeah it's like weird shit like that <laughs> now okay so you're telling me that the the repressed culture. This is my hypothesis. None of the stuff I say okay. is verified. Like, you don't think the culture's sexualized? I mean, come on, dude. That's where the fucking, uh, what's that fucking... No, I mean, it's... Karma Sutra? Is that what I want to say? Karma no. Sutra. So, see, that's India's past. Uh-huh. India's past has that, right? Yeah. Has that weird, like, Kama Sutra stuff, and what, there's a lot of, Everybody's like, fucking, but, you know, with standards? Yeah, it's odd. So, yeah, I don't I don't get it. So, there is that, that, that stuff from India, but... I think as society progressed, there's this kind of like some matriarchal patriarchal system. It depends. Again, on. colonialism it fucks people, it fucks nations I don't know up. If it was just yeah, maybe it was colonialism. The British they came over like nope, we gotta we gotta have your women covered. You can only uh, have sex during tea time. During tea uh, time. I don't know, man. Biscuits and banging during tea time. Biscuits and bake that bombed. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the British, but I do know that uh, that Shit, at the, some point it, uh-huh. it shifted to like like cover up or like women like the less lowering the expression 
of women decreasing the amount. Like, there's actually a taboo against, you know, women spending time into learning things, into, like, going to college. It's less so now. It's India's changing. Mm-hmm. But I know that definitely at times in the past, like, people, it was a taboo for women to be, like, you know, free, independent, well, kind of follow their own path. To, to a lot of uh, men who know they're pieces of shit, uh, a educated woman is a dangerous person for them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, they feel emasculated somehow. Yeah. Yeah, which is stupid. Uh, for me, I'd much rather have an educated woman be around than somebody that, that doesn't know shit. Um, yeah. Because I know myself. It's like, hey, I need help. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing myself. Um, uh, what was I going to say with that, though? That, uh, yeah. I think I have, a, I have a theory that countries and cultures that do not want their women to uh, go to school or have jobs, it's, I think it has to do with self-esteem. I feel like a lot of it has to do with like, oh, well, I, I fucked up my life and I much rather feel better than the opposite gender. Yeah, I mean, people, I think, project their own problems onto others like if they're if they're feeling angry at some other stuff the anger is not just going to be contained to that one aspect of their life i think it bleeds through to everything and it's very easy to like pick a victim not a victim pick a a cause for that and just like download all of your hate onto one person or onto several people you know it's Mm. it sucks that's how as far as a sexually repressed country i know india is having a big problem right now with sexual assaults yeah that's uh, really it's, uh, uh, especially when it's group oriented where groups of men will uh, uh, gang rape women in in buses and shit and i think a lot of it bleeds into that repression i think um, yeah yeah it's awful this is really get dark this it is just a sobering got... conversation right now oh fuck i forget to turn off my fucking facebook when I'm doing this shit. Let me see, dude. You get notifications. Hey, be Oh, it's, it's Leslie. It's for the show tonight. For Scotty at six tonight. Oh, God, six, six. Uh, I, have a, I have a writer's meeting before. Hopefully, I, I make it. There's so um, many noises. So many digital noises nowadays. Beeps and... Beeps. Sorry about that. No, don't worry, dude. I'm, I'm chilling. Oh, God. I forgot to put my phone on. Fuck it. Just uh, looking at all your books. Angels in our midst. Conversations with God for teens? Whoa. Do you mind if I, like... Yeah, go for it. Why? Well, I, I put my uh, phone on airplane mode. You religious man, Jorge? Uh, it's a funny thing you say that. Uh, I'm a secular religious guy. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, so, no, I have an idea of what that might mean, but I don't know. <laughs> the topic of... Religion has always uh, spiked my interest. Actually, that's the first thing I, I attempted to get a degree on mm. uh, is in religion and philosophy. Like theology kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't say I'm religious, though. But learning about others' religions and faiths always interests me. Mm. Just like, you know, like... Wow, you don't need proof, and yet you fucking believe. Yeah, human belief systems are very interesting. Like, yeah. what? I'm almost envious. Mm. I'm almost like, um, of like, yeah, it's like you, you have no fear. You have legit no fear because you honestly believe, without having evidence, that this 
entity will save your life, will save your marriage, will save uh, even after you die, will be there for you. Like, that's a comforting thought. It's a really powerful concept um, because uh, you can frame any sort of pain or suffering with that idea and makes it so much better, right? Because you could frame a death of a loved one in that they're going to be in this great place, like in, for the idea of heaven. And that is a comforting feeling, right? It's much harder to be like, this person is gone. And it's kind of... Like, that's why I feel the power of religion is that it, it establishes community and it establishes, like, this safety blanket, for I mean, for lack of a better term, but for your for your, uh, for your problems, mm-hmm. which is good, which is, I mean, it's it helps people, it's healthy. I only see an issue when, like, people start pushing it onto others, but mm-hmm. it's your well, own... But it, it interests me that through religion, it spawned a lot of art. It spawned oh, yeah. a, a lot of uh, culture uh, uh, stuff. And, of course, a lot of violence. Um, but that's all human. That's that's such a human thing, I feel, uh, as far as I see it, that we use the power of our imagination uh, to create such such entities and, and, and beliefs. Mm. Uh and so, yeah, like, I, I do believe, just like humans, there's good qualities in the religion and there's very bad qualities in religion. And it, it comes down to, like, how you use it and, and how you apply it to your personality. Um, although, I got to admit, the most annoying people are these born-against people. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? The born-again Christians? Yeah, because they're trying to compensate from their years of, of, of their fucked up years, and they found religion. So now they're comps. So now they're really pushing it on people and trying to prove that you know their thing is the best. I've never, saved their lives. Like, I've never met anyone. I've only seen it in like TV shows. Oh, they're so fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just they're just. Oh, how can I say this? It's one thing when you're raised religious. And you earnestly believe it. You're like, yeah, yeah, I believe in whatever, in Christ, and I'm cool, and yeah. And there's people who are really, like, trying to, like, again, I guess, you know, trying to really prove people that they're into it. Like, yeah, and Jesus Christ will come down, and he will save us, and this and that, and you should do it, you should come with me. I don't know. I find that stuff annoying. It's like, dude, relax. Like, I get it. Cool. I'm cool with it. You don't have to uh, over-exaggerate your, your belief here. Uh, it, it just, it just, I feel it comes from a place of guilt. It comes from a place of like, I fucked up and I need to prove everyone like how much I do believe in this. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. No, I see it. That's yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, compensation, I guess. Are you religious? No, I'm not. Uh, is your family religious? My mom is a little bit. Uh, my dad is not at all. They don't, he doesn't <laughs> believe in any of that. Um, he's very like, grounded practical I, I i used to when i was younger my my mom would take me to like a temple the you know indian temple and i would just see i would find it very absurd right like you'd go around touching people's feet that's a that's a sign of respect in indian culture so i would touch the feet of like some old swami and i would always, the, the the swamis at the temple are are like, essentially like homeless dudes right they're just wearing rags and they smell and they have beards down to their dick and it's just like they're just say like almost like they're babbling and you're touching them like this is a holy man like okay, if that's a holy man there's like hundreds of holy men on the streets of san jose if that, that guy so it was just very bizarre to me and eventually i uh 
I was just like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, my parents were cool. Or my mom was cool about it. Uh, my dad didn't care either way. But my mom was like, yeah, if you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. They never, like, forced me into anything. It was always free choice. What kind of temple was it? Uh, the Hindu temple? Hindu temple. I have a friend. She took me to the temple once. It was awesome because they had, like, like cheap food. Yeah, no, they have good food. Now, there's cool stuff about temples. I'm just, I'm, I was over exaggerating. It's an interesting place. There's a lot of interesting sculptures and culture there, and the architecture. It's, it's very interesting. It's neat. I, if I go back now, I'll appreciate a lot of stuff about it. Not even from a religious standpoint, just from like a, just immersion standpoint. Now you're not religious, but do you think you're like a, a man of faith? A faith? Faith. Yeah. I don't want to define faith. Well, whatever you want to define. Um. I uh, I really gravitated towards like math and physics because I guess they kind of have like a like a logical basis for everything else, right? It builds everything up from very logical first principles. So I guess the only things I have faith in is is the is the project of like math. But even that is not faith because it it's testable, right? Like, you make a prediction with math. What makes you think that religious faith is not testable? I mean, it's... You can't... It's, you, like, it's, it's like the, you know, some... I, I feel there's... Test, testing your faith. Putting yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, but it's, it's... It doesn't... It's not reproducible, right? Like, someone talks about a miracle, and, like, it may be very real to them, but you can't reproduce a miracle reliably. So maybe miracles exist, right? Granted, maybe miracles exist. But the fact that you can't reproduce it reliably on a consistent basis means that it's not a strong theory, right? Mm -hmm. So I like moving towards the stronger theories that can be reproduced reliably. That's just my inclination, right? So if, if like everything in science, maybe the whole project of like, like there's a lot of physical theories that could be wrong. Einstein's general relativity could be wrong in some subtle way, but it's just given us the right results more often than not that we use it as our best theory, right? You only have the best possible theory. You don't ever have absolute fact. I don't believe there's an absolute fact. You have the best possible theory or approximation to truth because human beings are flawed, right? The best thing we have is are these tools and they seem to be working pretty well. We've built modern society up from those. So your, your, your faith is mostly based on results. Yeah, I will. I wouldn't even define it as faith. It's just I follow what what theories best what what theories are most reliable i follow reliability based on experimentation mm. right so it's like if i uh it's kind of like the way i think about it, i guess in terms of comedy you maybe you can make an analogy that like i think a joke is really really good i love it i laugh every time i think about it right but if you go say it on stage and it never gets laughs is that joke really still good like to me it gets laughs but unless I test it and get the results back, like, I, you know. But you go up on stage having faith in that joke because you like it. True. I, I think, I guess in some ways we're, we're kind of uh, warping the definition of faith here. Right. But but in, in some sense, uh, it's like when you go on stage, you're, you're, you're praying this joke works to get the results you want. Right, but it doesn't always. It doesn't always. So that's why, so in, by that... By that regard... Sometimes the comedy gods are not with you. Or, by that regard, maybe you just have to throw out the joke. Maybe you have to kill your baby. Or you have to, like, let that go and just improve in some other regard. 
right? Like, I don't like holding on to things that, that don't produce. That's definitely results. something religion should do more often. <laughs> yeah, throw out the stuff that doesn't work, right? <laughs> How about throw out the beheading the infidels part? That's not a great... Yeah, it's not working out. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, you behead someone, it's like, at the end of the day, what do you really have there? Like, not like... You, you have a head. You have a head. <laughs> you're labeled as an asshole now. It's like... I mean, they, they probably... They, they have some other weird framework for where that's okay. And that's the real problem. Hmm. Like, the radicalism is the problem. The fact that they... How do you feel about ra- radicalism? I mean, I don't like it. I think it's... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I think a little bit here and there. Everything in moderation. Beheading on Fridays. <laughs> Limit your beheading to Fridays. It's a good day to take heads. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, radical... I think the problem is, like, education, man. Like, I feel like if... If we could have, like, a really good system of global education, it would be great. But that's hard. It's such a, the biggest, maybe the, possibly the biggest problem in the world. I think it's the biggest problem in the world. I think most problems could be solved by having really good science and, you know, history education. I agree. Everywhere. But I, it's so hard. It's, it's incredibly hard. There's I, no way. All these governments, you know, they have different ideas and selfishness yeah. and the thing is when people usually think of like spreading education around they you know they assume the whole package you know not only are you getting the sciences and, and math but you're getting um art and you're getting uh, history you know it's like fuck that you don't need those necessarily those come about however many forms but this should be a definitely a standard of math and a standard of sciences just the basic shit like no, yeah. nothing about intelligent design who gives a shit it's more about uh, this happens when that happens. You yeah, happens it's it's yeah. the it's the process, right? Yeah, the the critical thinking is the most important thing. Like the the math, the math actually comes from the critical thinking. Natural philosophy and philosophy predated mathematics, right? The f- people were I mean, well, I mean, there was like basic counting and stuff, but like the real theories and proofs, that stuff came about because people were thinking in that way, right? Like if I have a, what steps do I have to get to get to b? right logical steps and that's very important in the real world right because you can't just assume something happens without having evidence right and that's all that's a huge problem right even today like fake news bullshit like people just eat it up because it comes from some source that they're affiliated with but it could very well be that that source that you've been listening to for years is full of shit now mm-hmm. but you just don't validate it because you're already used to like oh I, I agree with that I know I agree with that instead of checking every bit of information Right. It's very easy to get lazy. Laziness is such an easy thing to slide into. And people get intellectually lazy all the time. And that's a big problem, I think. Yeah. Intellectually lazy. I agree. Uh, and going back to the, the backbone of what we should be teaching people all over the world, it, it is definitely uh, less with your heart, more with your brain kind of deal. Yeah, that's uh, hard though. Humans are very emotional creatures as well. Yeah, and that, that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, it, it, It's like use that emotional part for something else finger painting whatever the fuck uh, but d- definitely use, use some brain when it comes to like I, I'm not saying we should do complex equations or physics none of that sort but definitely enough to get by when it comes if you're left on your own you're like alright divide these cattle and what what works best and so and so I mean that, that still goes on it's just I think uh, I don't know I don't know where we stand in I, I, 
hopefully in like a thousand years maybe if the earth if people are still around in a thousand years hopefully by then the internet will be so distributed that whether you like it or not you're going to be getting information information outside of your culture information outside of your like very specific religious sect like people in villages will see the rest of the world and will understand that the way that they've been taught to think is not the only way they have to think right because that's that's what happens in like community like in the middle east like you're you're taught to think a very specific way not not even just the middle east here right in like the south or stuff you're taught to think a very specific way under some religion or social structure and that's all you know and that's all you will ever know and that's all you ever want to know it builds ignorance right and i feel like the fact that more information exists in like cities or just via the internet like undercuts ignorance the more information you have the less likely you are to be ignorant i think that's safe to say but uh, repeat that one more time the more information you have the less likely you are to be ignorant i'm gonna have to disagree with you there yeah yeah i think i think and, and we're ta- and talking about fake news that has to do a lot with it the information's out there and the more information you have the more possibility you have of also being not of being ignorant actually yeah um it just depends what kind of information you're given and in what context that plays in in, in your life and um because it goes back to this echo chamber thing of like people only get information that they want mm-hmm. uh we're given that discretion to oh, i don't have to learn about that or i don't have to like see that but if I go to this set of information with people who have similar values as myself or similar, uh, it's, it, it just, that that creates a closed digital culture, I feel. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But don't get me wrong, you're right though. The access of the information that, that I think it's is be- there. It's better, but echo chambers will happen, right? Like, so it, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not going to solve the problem. You're right. Because, because even with more information, I mean, yeah, what you see now is echo chambers, uh, well, not just that, but people putting fake news and people taking it seriously and costing real life consequences. Yeah. It. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, how come? So I think that what happens is it's kind of like a bell curve, right? So you're gonna get people on both extremes either way. But like, if say you give internet access to a new community, right? In say in the Middle East or in uh, some part, some rural part of the world, right? That that has very strict societal laws or societal um, doctrines and the youth of that community I, I think that now that they have all this new information there's going to be a change there's going to be this this like dichotomy where their their parents and their culture is telling them one thing but they have access to this new information and it, it's very possible that they could go into one extreme or the other but I think the fact is that they are more likely to deviate from what is being presently pushed on them in terms of ideas, right? So in terms of the ideas of their culture, they're going to deviate from that because of this new outlet of information. That's all I'm saying is that it, it gives an, it gives people an alternative to the norm of their, their, their family values or their cultural values, whether that's good or bad, it gives them an alternative. They have another avenue. They have another choice. Like, Hey, maybe I don't have to just, you know, be a housewife. Right? Maybe I can go learn something. Or maybe I don't have to work on this farm. Like, look at all this other stuff that people in the world are doing. 
gives more opportunities, I think. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I agree. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see. Hopefully we'll see. it works. I uh, I actually I have to run kind of soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we reached the hour mark. Oh yeah, we're, we're we? good to go. Oh yeah. What you got going on? Uh, there's this like cool art, uh, science like art festival in downtown San Jose. Really? Where? Today. Uh, it's at that theater. Is it the Pace Theater? The, the oh, theater by uh. The flower shop and the skate shop, you know, on Paseo de Santana. The Hammer Theater. The Hammer Theater. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a there's a whole bunch of AI talks and stuff, and I I think I'm actually kind of late, but it's cool. Oh shit. It's on. All right, uh, Ryan. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. No. I, dude. Jorge. Anytime. I love this. It was fun. You might want to make this uh podcast explicit, just because uh. All my podcasts are explicit. Are they? Okay. Tell you about. Yeah. We talked about dicks a lot. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. We got him. We got him. Half the population has him. Yeah. All right. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it.